Hey, I'm glad you're here today. I believe that God's got something good to do here this morning. Amen? Amen. Let's try that again. God's got something good to do here today. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about how to be a person that God can bless. How to be a person that God can bless. Here's the deal. We serve a God who is unfathomably generous. We serve a God who giving is a part of who he is. I think when you think about salvation, the entire way that God framed salvation and the idea of that is that he gave it to you as a gift. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that God gives you because you've done so many great things, but it's a gift because it's who he is. That even salvation in that way that he does it. I love in the Bible where it talks about that we're his children that he loves to give good things to his children, that he loves to bless his children. I love when the Bible, it talks about us as natural parents versus God who is so much greater and wiser and kinder and more loving than anything that we could ever be. And he says, if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, he says, how much more would your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to you? Here's what it says, Matthew 7, 9, 11. I said, I love it. It says, you parents, if your children asks for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? And he says, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? God loves to bless. I love in Psalms 512, it says, for you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. So here's the deal. We serve a God who desires to bless you. Let me say this, I want to say, not just monetarily. A lot of times in Western culture and in America, we hear that and we think of blessings automatically and think of just financial things, right? That's what we come to. But here's what I want you to understand is that God's blessings go so much beyond that, that God wants to bring blessings into your life in a multitude of different ways. You think about protection, right? I think that's one of the greatest blessings that God could give us. You think about spiritual blessings in the book of Ephesians, it talks about all the different types of spiritual blessings that God wants to give you in your life, peace and wisdom and favor, opportunities, relationships. In the Bible, we see that the biggest blessing that God gives us is the Holy Spirit, that he says that the God of the universe wants to come and dwell inside of you and lead you and guide you and help you overcome the enemy, that God wants to give good things to you. We serve a God who desires to bless his children, which is you. He desires to do that. Can I tell you that God wants to bless your marriage, that he wants to bless your relationships, that he wants to bless your ministry, that he wants to bless your family, he wants to give you favor in your life? And I want to pause for a second because for some of you in here, and I want to address something really important, you hear me say that God wants to bless you. And some of you get really nervous when we start using that language in here because you've been around and you've seen some bad teaching that's made Jesus more of a lotto machine than a God. I don't know if you've ever seen that, right? Where, where God is this being that we come to and we say whatever we want, we pray whatever we want, and then God just gives it to us. I remember a few years ago, I went to a, a youth, uh, when I was a youth, I went to a um, youth pastor's, or not a youth pastor's thing, but like a youth ministry event. And I was back when I was a teenager. And I remember that 
there was this youth pastor up there, and his whole sermon was about how God was going to bless him with an Escalade. And it started going into this deal about how we were all going to pray for God to bless him with this Escalade, and that in, within the next six months that God was going to get him this Escalade, and God was just going to do this miraculous thing because we asked and we believed, and he was claiming this Escalade, and he was going to get it. And even as a teenager, I thought, that's just really, really dumb. Like, <laughs> like this is not at all... Like what we think, right? This is not at all. And so yeah, I say this, God wants to bless you, right? God wants to do something in your life, but that is a prosperity gospel that, that seeks the gift over the giver. And what it does is it makes God a magic genie and not a father. And that's what we don't need. I mean, I want a father, not a magic genie. And this idea that well, I'm just going to go and everything I ask God, just going to immediately give it to me, that everything is fine, that, uh, that that's what it is. That's just the wrong thing. What people end up doing is this, is they end up worshiping a formula to con God into giving them something rather than putting their faith in a good father. And they think if I do this step and I do these three things, then God has to give to me. And then tithing becomes uh, an investment strategy where I just tithe. And if I do that, then God gives me a little bit more. And then I tithe on that. And then God gives me a little bit more. And this is what it is. When it's actually something that God does inside of our lives, that we tithe and we give and that God does something inside of us and he uses it in the church and does an amazing thing. Like that's an important thing, but it's not like just this magical investment strategy that we do. See, we believe that Christianity is about relationship. It's not about formulas. It's not about a list of rules to get blessings. See, what that is, is if we have that mentality, what all it is is paganism. This week, I, we met with the crab trees. If you don't know the crab trees, they are some of our missionaries that we've sent over to Papua New Guinea. And um, it was an amazing time. We support them. Some of what you give goes to them on a monthly basis that we support the mission. And it was neat when they came and we had lunch with them. And they told us about what God was doing in Papua New Guinea. And it is an amazing thing. But what's interesting is they were telling us about some of the religions of the island and about how people used to be. And it was this interesting thing where they would say, like, when you you would go on this certain path before you would go on the path you would have to put down these three sticks and do this little ritual here so that way that you would be blessed on the walk and then you would go on the walk and then when you would come back you'd have to do this little ritual and everything was about these rituals to keep these gods happy and not mad at you and it was you know what it is is it's a, a influence of paganism where they're doing all these things and here's what's interesting is this is when that's our mentality of god is that it's just, here's a formula of the things that I got to do. All it is is a different version of paganism where we just come and say, well, if I do these three things, God will be happy with me and then God will bless me. And that's not relationship at all. That's not who God is. That's not what it is. That's a prosperity gospel that we're not talking about today. And that's an extreme wrong view. Absolutely. Right? That's not who we want to be. That's not how we want to live our lives. That's not how we want to see things. But at the same time, Here's what I would tell you today is that we can't let our pushback to that prosperity theology, that pushback to say, hey, God's not just going to rain down $100 bills from heaven, right? The pushback against that, we can't come back to all the way where we swing the other way to where we go into a poverty gospel, to where we say that God only cares about if you make it to heaven, but he doesn't care about you now. That God doesn't care about your physical needs, that he doesn't care about your emotions, that he doesn't care about your business, that he doesn't care about your marriage. That's completely unbiblical. See, throughout the Bible, we see that God cares about your life situations. God cares about you. God cares about what you're walking through. Throughout the Bible, we see that. We also see in the Bible constantly, right, that people are asking for God to bless them. 
And you see it in Psalms over and over. One of the stories that I love the most is a story about a guy named Jabez, right? Who in the Bible, the Bible calls him honorable. And what we know about him is that he was honorable. And then also that he asked for God to bless him, for God to expand his territory, for God to expand his influence. It's not a bad thing for desiring for God to bless us. Solomon asked for wisdom. James tells us to go and ask for wisdom. See, what I think we get into sometimes is this idea we're either over here or we're over here. And it's either over here where God just going to blow down everything and give you everything you want or we're over here where we feel like no you can't ask for God and if you do that then you're not actually trusting God but we read in the word of God is this balance of two where where God is a good father who desires to bless you where God wants to do something in your life once again here's what it is it's a relationship with a good good father See, it's not being a spoiled 21st century Christian, which is, I think, what a lot of times we get to, that we think like, well, if I ask God for something and ask for God to bless me, then I'm just a spoiled Christian. No, you're not. God loves you. He's a good father. He wants to bless you in your life. So the poverty gospel says that God will bless you when you make it to heaven, but you're on your own right now, and that's not where we want to be. See, what we can't do is we can't let people that have misinterpreted God's blessing keep us from seeking God's blessing in our lives in either different way. I think about it this way. You think about in the church and marriage, right? We've had, how many of you know there's been just some bad teaching about marriage in the church? Like there's just been some rough stuff. There's been some stuff where, where it, it has one person lord over another person or where it, it ruins relations. It's just some horrible teaching that I've heard in churches before. But you know what we don't do is we don't come to a place where we say, man, marriage has been taught about really poorly in the church, so we should just stop getting married and we should just say, hey, that's a bad thing. Let's not do that. Like We don't do that, right? What do we do is we say, no, let's learn about it the right way. And let's be married the way that God's called us to be. And let's do this thing the right way. And I would say it's the same way with seeking God's blessing in your life. Absolutely 100% has that idea of God blessing us been misinterpreted and wrongly taught and caused some damage. 100% yes. And there's these extremes that have not been good. But we don't want to just throw it out with the bathwater because you serve a God who desires to bless you. And we should still seek that in our lives. So let's move beyond the extremes and seek God's blessing in our lives in a good way, in a way that puts him first, in a way that values generosity over greed, in a way that prospers our soul, not just our bank accounts, in a way that fulfills our hearts and doesn't just leave us empty. So the worst possible scenario to borrow from Jesus is to gain the whole world, but to lose our souls. We want to seek him first. We want to prosper in our souls as we prosper through life. So here's a question for you, and this is what I want to bring to you today is this. How do we become people where we prosper in our souls even as God blesses our lives? How do we become people like that? And I think, I'll be honest with you, it's a huge important thing for us to think about, not only in America, right, where if you have a house and a car, you're, what is, I don't remember the stat, it's something like you're in the top 10% of the world if you're in America and you have a house and a car. So where we're actually really well blessed, talk about Northwest Arkansas where we have a lot of things and God's doing a lot of great things here and there's a lot of prosperity here. How do we become people where even as we enjoy blessings in our lives that we don't lose our soul. Or here's another way of saying is, how do we become people that can be blessed and still prosper in our hearts? How do we do that? Here's what I mean by that question is this, is that sometimes increase in your life, 
financial growth, favor, wisdom could cause us damage in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives and in our relationships if our hearts are not in the right place. Let me give you an example. I was, so there was the big lottery a couple of weeks ago, if y'all remember that, and it was a big deal. And uh, how much was I think it was almost like, was it almost like a billion dollars or something? I don't know. It's crazy money, right? Like, that's just ridiculous money. Um, and I remember, though, when I was, saw that, there was a, I started getting articles popping up in my Facebook and just different ideas. And one of them was 10 people that wish they had never won the lottery. And I was like, well, this sounds interesting. And so I read it, and it was crazy. It was these 10 stories about people that had won the lottery and when they won it um, basically they didn't know how to handle it things went wrong in their lives they ended up divorced they some of them committed suicide all of them ended up broke after they won like a hundred million dollars like these horrible stories about what had happened in their life and what was crazy about it was this is that the thing that most people would see as a blessing right they came into their life and they said hey that caused damage in our lives Which brings me to this point, and I'm going to say this bluntly today, and so bear with me for a second, is this, is if we want God to bless our lives, then we have to be people that God can bless. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean, is that if we want God's blessing in our lives, then we have to have our lives structured in such a way. We have to know in our lives in such a way that when God actually blesses us and causes increase in our lives and works in our lives and gives us wisdom or gives us favor, that it doesn't become a curse in our life because we can't handle it, but that it actually is a blessing in our life and that God can use that in our lives. Because if a blessing would destroy our souls, they're not blessings, but they're curses. And God's a good father. He's not a father who wants to give you something that's going to hurt you. But he's a good father who wants to give you things that will bless you. So if you want to bless, if you want God to bless you in your life, the key is to be a person that he can bless. Jesus talks about this idea several times. And what he does is he emphasizes that your character determines how blessing will affect your life. I want to read the scripture to you. I think this is important today. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. You can turn there with me if you got a Bible. Luke chapter 16, 10. And here's what Jesus is talking about. He's in the middle of this long discussion about stewardship. And he's in this discussion about wealth and about how to handle prosperity and about how to have integrity and how to walk through things in the right way and how it affects our souls. And he says this incredibly important statement that I want to read to you today in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. And this is what we're going to read this morning. It says this. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now, here's what I love in this is that Jesus says this. He says that our ability to handle greater blessing in our lives is directly related to how faithful we are right now. If you want God to bless you in the future, it depends upon your faithfulness right now. See, this idea is so important. He brings it back up three chapters later, Luke 19. He says this. He tells this story about two, three guys, right, who knew this guy who was going to become a king. 
And as he was becoming king, right, he, he had to go off on this trip. And so he took these three guys and he says, he gave them all some money and said, hey, I want you to take good stewards of this. And I want you to be a good steward of this money. And so he left. And as he came back, the first two guys had been good stewards of the morning of the money. And so he was able to, to give them more and increase in their life. And the one who was unfaithful with the money, he had to take that away. And here's what he says in Luke 19, verse 16 and 17. He says, the first servant reporting, he says, master, I invested your money and made 10 times the original amount. And he says, well done, the king explained. You are a good servant. You have been faithful once again with the little I have entrusted you. So you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. Now, here's what I want you to understand is that it is your faithfulness in what you have now that allows God to bless you in your life. Because if you're faithful with a little and you're faithful with what you have now, you will be faithful with much. Here's the way I would say it is this, is that the key to being a person that God can bless is being a person that is faithful in your life right now. If you want God to increase, increase in your life, ask yourself, what are you doing with your influence that you have now? If you want God to increase your influence and work in your influence, ask him, what are you doing in, your, in what you have right now? I think about it in opportunities. If you want God to increase your opportunities, what are you doing to be faithful in the ones that you have right now? Thought about this. I'm really excited. Um, one of the things that me and Casey love is we just love being here. We love this church. We love being a part of you guys. But I'll tell you, it's an awesome opportunity that we love to be here. And I think God just knew us and created us and loved us being here. And uh, I truly 100% feel like the reason why that we are able to have this opportunity is because of the faithfulness that we had in previous opportunities. I remember years ago, so I started this college ministry umpteen years ago, and the very first service, we thought it was going to rock off from the start. You know, sometimes you have things, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And so we had this very first service, and we were all pumped up. We hauled in staging, and we hauled in lighting, and, um, and on the very first service, we had six people there, and it was like, all right. And so you know what? I preached my heart out, and we did it, and we're like, hey, next week's going to be awesome. And so then we, we rolled everything in the next week, and we did it all, and man, I studied that whole entire week, and we did all this stuff, and man, we rolled in, put all this effort in, and leased out this building, and next week, we had seven people there. And it's like, all right. And I'll tell you, uh, the, I had a guy that was helping me. And he came up to me and he said, hey, um, do you think maybe next week we shouldn't haul in this stage and this lighting and all this sound gear? And I remember going into this spot and I had the same feeling with me. as like, we're going to have seven people here. Should I not spend as much time preparing? Should I not do these things? And I, and I looked at him and I said, no, man. I said, hey, we're going to do for seven what we'd do if God brought 300 here. We're going to be faithful. These are the people that God has entrusted us with, and we're going to do right now with the people that we have as if God had given us how many ever we wanted. And we were faithful, and we kept doing that, and we kept doing that. And man, it grew, and God did amazing things to that ministry, and it was awesome. And then from that, God took us to another place, right? And, and we were faithful in that opportunity, and we were, were trying to be all that God had called us to be. And even at times where it felt like there was a lot of side routes that we could take and a lot of shortcuts we could take, we said, no, we're going to be faithful and be people of integrity. And because of those, I truly believe that's one of the reasons why we're here now. And I'd say this to you in your life, is this, is that if you want God to increase your opportunities, if you want God to increase your gifts, if you want God to increase you relationally, man, be faithful with what you have now. Be faithful with what you have now. If you want to be the type of person that God can bless, it begins with your faithfulness, with what you have now. And here's the reason why, is that because faithfulness is a character issue, not a quantity issue. 
It's not about how much you have, but it's about who you are. And your faithfulness right now demonstrates whether increase will bless you or whether it's going to hurt you. And like we said before, God is a good father. He's not going to want to bring blessing into your life that's actually going to bring curses upon you. That, if you. that if he blesses you with this, that it's going to hurt you because you can't handle it and because you are unfaithful with little, that you're going to be unfaithful with much. And so he doesn't want to bless you with things that are going to hurt your life. So it's when we're faithful in the small things. We're faithful in the day-to-day. We're faithful in our families. We're faithful in the opportunities we have now. We're faithful with what God has given us right now, that it gives him the opportunity to bless us in the future because he's seen that we can handle faithfulness in the future. See, it's not about works. I think a lot of people would hear this and they would say, well, are you trying to prove that you're good enough for God to bless you? No, that's not what it is. It's not that you got to earn God's favor and that you got to earn God to love you, but it's that he loves you and he cares about you and he doesn't want to give you something that's going to hurt you. He's a good father. See, God is a good father who doesn't want to give you something that's going to hurt your life. But here's what we do so many times, if we're honest, we're going to get real today, is that we tell ourselves lies to justify our bad stewardship. We do this. And we'll say this. We'll say stuff like this. Well, I'll, I'll be faithful when I have more. When say it like this, when, when I, and I hear this all the time when I counsel people and we justify our unfaithfulness based on our situations and we think that we'll change when our situations change. But can I tell you, your faithfulness is a character issue, not a quantity issue. I think about it, I've talked to guys before that'll be like, yeah, I know that I'm addicted to porn right now, but when I get married and I'm in a better relationship, then I'll be able to kick that. No, if you're not faithful with your singleness and who you are right now, you're not gonna be faithful when you're married. Hmm. What makes you think that if you're unfaithful now that you're gonna be faithful in the future? I think I hear people say this all the time, I'll be generous with my money when I have more. No, you're not. Your faithfulness is a character issue. I'll tell you some of the most generous, incredibly generous people that I've ever known in my life are people that don't have much. Some of the most greedy, right, people that hold on to everything they have the tightest are some of the richest people I've ever known in my life. It's not a quantity issue, it's a heart issue. You think, uh, well, I'll be faithful with my opportunities when I have a better opportunity. No, you're not. Well, Well, I'll be faithful in the way that I lead people and I'll do a really good job when I have people that I like to lead. No. You're not. Those are just lies we tell ourselves to justify our unfaithfulness. But Jesus tells us this. He tells us that our faithfulness is a result of our character, not our position. Here's the good news with that. And that's kind of a hard truth that we've been walking through, right? Here's the good news with that. And the thing that I love is this, is that you can start being faithful today, no matter what your circumstances are, because your faithfulness is not rooted in your circumstances or what you are or your position or what you have, but it's a condition of your heart. See, your, your faithfulness is not determined by your circumstances or your family or your past, but who you are on the inside. Let me say this. God wants to do a work on the inside of you. See, he's a God of grace a God of mercy, a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. And I'll say this, maybe you've been walking it out and you'd say, hey, I've been messing this up and I have not been faithful in my life in the small things. And 
the enemy will try to come into your life right now and say, hey, you've not been faithful. It's over with. It's complete. You might as well just hang up. God's not, God doesn't like you. God's not going to bless you. God's not going to do anything in your life. But here's what I would say to you today is this, is that we serve a God of grace and mercy and goodness. And he says, hey, fix it today. Man, start being faithful today. I want to bless you. I want to work in your life. I want to give to you. I want to help you. I want to work in your life. Be faithful today. See, your pattern of faithfulness can begin in your life right now. We serve a generous God who desires to bless you and give you favor, prosper your relationships, increase your influence. And as we follow him, right, and as we're faithful to him, as we live out what he's called us to do, it gives him the opportunity to bless us in our lives. Because as we're faithful with little, as we're faithful with what we're at, we're faithful in the situations we are, we know that he can trust us with more. Ancient rabbis, they used to talk about this a couple thousand years ago. I was reading some, some old things from them, and, and it was interesting. They would make this same exact point, and they would use it at this, from the, when they were teaching um, Exodus. And they would talk about it in the life of, of Moses, and they would talk about it in the life of David. And they had this really funny saying that they would say. They would say, before Moses led the people of God, he had to lead the sheep of God because he was a, he was a shepherd. And they'd say that before he ever went out and led God's people, he had to go into the desert and he led the sheep. And as he led the sheep, he was faithful in those circumstances. And so God was able to give him greater opportunity. Same way with David. You think about David. David didn't just start off as king of Israel, but what was he? He was a guy who was faithful as a shepherd, defending his sheep. Then he was faithful as an underling, right? That went and took down Goliath, who still wasn't king. And then after that, he was a guy who had plenty of opportunities to not have integrity. Bible talks about how the, the king of Israel, right, Saul wanted to hunt him down and kill him. And he had plenty of opportunities to take Saul out, but he didn't because he was a guy of integrity. And he said, I'm going to be faithful in the situation that I'm at right now, which is crazy. And here's the hard part with David, if you think about it. He knew at every one of those opportunities that God had called him to be the king of Israel. And you would think it would be really, really hard for him to say, I know what God's going to take me to. I know where God's going to have me. I could just short circuit this and get it to where God wants me then. And I'm just going to go ahead and do this thing. But he said, no, I'm going to be faithful at every stage and every step. And it was his faithfulness that allowed him to have greater opportunity. And here's what I would say is this. God wants to use you. God wants to bless you. God wants to work through your life. God wants to bless you so you could be a blessing. But you were, and you were created for more than to just exist. But the greatest factor in God's ability to bless you is what you are doing with your life right now. What are you doing with where you're at now? What are you doing with your family? What are you doing with your relationships? What are you doing with the gifts that you have? What are you doing with your time? And I'll be really honest. Like, I think this is, this is one of those sermons you guys are a little quiet because this is a little harder sermon today. It's hard to look at ourselves and say, am I being faithful? I mean, I look at my life and I'm a pastor, right? And I, as I was working through this sermon this week, I started looking at areas of my life and I'm like, hmm, I could do a little better there. Man, I could do a little better here. And I would say it this way. Man, let's be people that strive to say, God, whatever you give me, whatever influence you give me, whatever place you put me in, that I'm going to be faithful. I want to be faithful wherever you put me. And I said it interesting. I, I used a phrase a while ago that I want to bring back up where I said that God's ability to bless you 
is dependent upon your faithfulness, right? And that sounds like a really, we'll be honest, it sounds a heretical at the beginning when you're like, God's ability, what does that even mean? Like God's not able to bless me? And the truth is, yeah, I can't bless you if, if anything that he gives you is gonna cause destruction in your life. But it's when we live our lives in a way that we're faithful with little that he says, hey, I can bless you because I know that if I give to you, that you're gonna be faithful with much. If you desire God's blessing on your life, the one thing I would tell you is this, is be faithful with what he's given you now. Walk it out now. Walk it out now. Walk it out. Let God bless you in that way. Work it out. But the greatest factor in that is God's ability to do that. Now, here's here's where I want to do. I want to bring us to an interesting point. So that would be a really easy place for me to end this sermon, right? And say, okay, be faithful with what you have. But I, I think there's one more right, unanswered question that we really need to address today, and it's this. And I'll be honest with you, it would have been way easier to stop. But here's the question is this. How do we keep this idea of being faithful, right, from just becoming another formula that bypasses God? So we talked about at the beginning, right, is that this idea of I'm just going to worship a formula versus worshiping God. And how do we have this idea that we keep from being faithful is just, well, if I'm faithful, then God's going to give me this. And if I'm faithful in this, then God's going to give me this and that be our mentality. How do we keep that? And I want to give you a simple phrase today that I think is super helpful for me. And I want to share it with you this morning. It's this. We are faithful because we are grateful and we trust him to bless us with what is good for us. We're faithful because we're grateful and we trust him to bless us with what is good for us. Now, let me break that down for you in this way. We're faithful because we're grateful. It means that we're not faithful because we're trying to get something out of God or that we're trying to have a formula, but it's that we realize that everything that we have is a blessing from God and that we're grateful for it. And we say, God, if you love me enough that you gave me all of these things, if you worked in my life, if you've given me wisdom, if you've given me relationships, if you've given me favor, if you've given me opportunities, God, I'm grateful for the opportunity that you've given me and what I'm gonna do because you're a good God who loved me and cared about me. I'm gonna be faithful and have integrity in everything that you do. It's not about what you can get out of it, but it's that he is good and that he is great and that you are, that you are faithful because of his goodness. Right? That, we're, that we're faithful because we're grateful. And then on the back end, that this, that we trust him to bless us with what's good for our lives. And I want to pause on that one because I think this one's a little bit of the challenging. Because how many of you know sometimes, uh, we'll just say it like it is, we want to be God and we think we're smarter than God. And we say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell God exactly what he needs to do and how he needs to do it. And now you go do it, God. Like that's the way our mentality is sometimes. But I'll tell you, when I look back at my life, there's so many times that I go, oh man, I sure am glad I was not God. Like there's so many things that I've done and I look at my life and I say, God, you were wiser than I was. God, you were smarter than I was. And some things that I thought were God overlooking me were blessings from God. And see, here's what I would say to you is this, is that as we're faithful in everything that we have, we leave the blessing to God and we say, God, whatever you bring into my life, I know is good and I trust you in it. If it's a challenge, I've talked to some people, um, I was talking to somebody this week who walked through an incredibly difficult time in their life and they were talking to me and they said, hey, I know it sounds crazy, but I think it was one of the times that God grew me the most and it was a blessing in my life. And it was like, and it, was like it doesn't sound like it's a normal blessing, but man, it is. Here's what we gotta be is we gotta be people that say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I'm gonna be faithful with what I have. And as I'm faithful, God, I'm gonna trust you with the blessing and trust you with what you bring into my life because I know that you're good and I know that you're faithful and I know that you're working and I know that you're alive. 
So here would be my challenge to you today is this. Be faithful with what God's given you because he's good to you. Then I'd also say trust him to bless you in the right way because he's good to you. We trust him. And I think that's where it all comes down to today is do we trust God? If we want to be a person that God can bless, person that God can use, person that God can do amazing things with, comes down to this. Do we trust him enough to say, I'm going to be faithful with where I'm at and know that this is a piece of my process of my life? Do I trust him in that? And then do I trust him to say, God, I trust you to bless me in however you see fit because I know that you're a good father who cares about me and loves me. And here's what I want to challenge you with is when we, I think what truly, 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 we embrace that attitude and we're faithful in the small things. And God can do amazing things through us. God can do great things in your life. God can do great things in your marriage. God can do great things in your business. God can do amazing things. When you're faithful in the small things, gives him the ability to bless you with greater things. Let's be those type of people. Amen. Amen. Bow your head, close your eyes for me this morning. And I want to pray for you for just a second. Mm. What I love in the Bible, when we read in Psalms, and like I said, in all these places, we see people that just ask God. Ask God to bless them. And I want to pray a blessing over you this morning. Because I believe that truly that he's a good father who wants to work in your life. I just pray that God would bless you and your families. That God would bless you in your relationships. God would give you wisdom. Pray that he would give you direction. That it will light up your path. That it will give you wisdom with your kids, wisdom in your relationships. We thank you for that this morning. Let's be a people today that say, God, we're going to be faithful. The opportunity I have right now may not be the place where I ultimately want to be, but but God, I'm going to be faithful in this one right now. My life situation may not be exactly the place that I want it to be, but God, in whatever place I'm in, I'm going to be faithful. God, I'm in a tricky place here, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful with my kids. I'm going to be faithful in my marriage. I'm going to be faithful in my relationships. I'm going to be faithful with my finances. I'm going to be faithful in everything I do. And I'm going to trust you with my life. God, we just pray today that we turn these things over to you. And we thank you for what you're doing. We trust you. We trust you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.